Welcome to the Heal Podcast for all things related to Lyme disease and other chronic illnesses. I'm Mimi McLean, Mama Five, founder of Lyme 360 and a Lyme warrior. Tune in each week to hear from doctors, health practitioners, and experts to hear about their treatments, struggles, and triumphs to help you on your healing journey. I'm here to heal with you. Before we get started with the podcast, I wanted to talk to you about what is in your personal care products and cosmetics. What you put on your skin, which is your largest organ, is just as important as what you consume. Your body immediately absorbs what is on the skin. But did you know that there is limited regulation in the personal care industry? And the last law that was passed was 1938. So the chemicals and ingredients in your products have not been tested for human safety. So for those of you struggling with your health, it is super important to use clean products. Eight years ago, I started using Beauty Counter for my cosmetics and personal care products. They are the leaders in clean, safer products that work. Beauty Counter has done the research and taken the guesswork out of what is safe. Go to lime360.com forward slash beauty counter to learn more. Reach out to me at mimi at lime360.com if you want to learn more or find out what my favorite products are. To get my Detox for Lyme checklist, go to lime360.com forward slash detox checklist. Welcome back to the Heal Podcast. This is Mimi McLean with Lyme 360. And today we have Amy Sher, and she's an award-winning and best-selling author whose healing approach has helped thousands of people release emotional baggage to overcome chronic illness, emotional challenges, and more, and become their happiest, healthiest selves. Amy just launched a new book, It's her memoir. And she also launched a new book in February. She has written four books and we are so excited to have her on today. Amy, thank you so much for coming on. I am excited to talk to you because I have been following you for several years now because of Dr. De Silva. And you have some exciting news of um, you launched your fourth book yesterday. So I would love to just dive in with that and talk about your new book. Thank you so much. So my memoir that came out with Simon & Schuster is called This Is How I Save My Life. And it just came out in paperback yesterday, which is so exciting because it's just another chance to reach more people who might need a hopeful story about healing from Lyme, chronic illness, autoimmune diseases, and As we know, when we're scrolling through the internet, we don't always see the hopeful stories. We see the ones that terrify us. So yeah, it's really, really exciting. Oh, congratulations. That's great. And can you start out by just telling us a little bit about your Lyme journey? Um, That's why I was intrigued by you because you had Lyme and you healed yourself and and you did it in a way that I think for me, it took me, now I'm six years into my journey and probably towards the end of now, like the five, six years is when I realized... I need to start addressing the emotional part of it. And I think a lot of people don't talk about the emotional part of healing. And that's where you specialize in. So I would love for you to talk about that. Sure. So it's so interesting. So I was diagnosed with Lyme disease in 2007. And then it was a totally different world. And I remember I had one doctor, one doctor out of all the doctors I saw that asked me, like, what's going on at home? Are you like happy in your relationship? Do you feel like you're joyful? And I was like so defensive and annoyed and dismissive of him asking because I was like, what does that have to do with Lyme disease? Like I was bitten by this tick. I have all this nerve damage. I had brain lesions. I had all these autoimmune conditions. You know, you know how it goes, right? I had all this stuff in my body going on. I was like, why is this jerk asking me about my emotional, like, you know, like my emotional Mm -hmm. thing? It was an incredible doctor. It wasn't anything like that. It was just so defensive. And and I think 
like you were saying, like you're just kind of getting to that stage. I too came to the realization many years later, late in the game a little bit, I guess that you could say, or toward the end of my journey, that it isn't just all about your body. And so I struggled with with Lyme disease for many, many years. My entire healing journey was about a decade. And I went all over the world for medical treatments, including many people know that I went to India for experimental stem cell transplant. You know, my doctor was like, this could kill you. We have no idea what's going to happen. And I felt like I was at such a place after exhausting all possible treatments in the United States, hyperbaric oxygen, antibiotics. I mean, I did almost a hundred hyperbaric oxygen treatments. I did antibiotics. I did all the alternative things. I, I mean, everyone who's listening probably knows, you know, relates to this story. And I decided to go to India to try this experimental stem cell transplant. And, you know, it made a massive difference for me. You know, I went there essentially traveling in a wheelchair through the airport because it was too far to walk and I was in too much pain. I was on so many drugs at the time. And when I came home almost nine weeks later, I came home by myself without my family because they had already left. And I basically felt like I had my life back. I walked through the airport. I ran through the airport because I almost missed my flight. And I was pulling suitcases and carrying things. And I was really a totally different person. And when I came home, I thought, oh my gosh, thank God I'm over this. Lyme is over. It's done. And I moved on with my life. And I intentionally swiftly moved on with my life. And what happened about a year later was I started to relapse and I started Mm -hmm. to have my tests come back weird again and weird things were happening in my body again. And it was at that point that I realized I sort of had an epiphany that if you address the physical in all the ways that you need to, and your physical body isn't healed, then the cause of the physical condition isn't only about what's going on with your chemicals and the bacteria, it has to be more. And that's when I started to discover and study about how our emotional landscape, how our emotions and how stress actually affects our physical body. And that was sort of my jackpot in my healing journey when I was out of money. I was out of doctors. What do you do when you've already gone halfway across the world for a cure? You stay home and figure it out because that's all there is to do. And I realized that that was a part of myself that I had neglected. And that sliver, even though I had addressed everything else under the sun very well, I might add, that sliver was enough to keep me stuck. And when I fully accepted that there could have been a part of me, not by fault, but just by default of being a human that was contributing to the illness experience. It wasn't until then that I was able to heal permanently and completely by doing the deep emotional work. Now, when you decided you needed to do that, did you do it by yourself? Did you pick up a book? Did you go see a psychiatrist? Like, How did you know where to start? So I had already throughout my lifetime, seen therapists and had already sort of done the traditional therapy route because I had anxiety and I had like, as many of us do, and actually through my healing journey, obviously anxiety got worse, depression got worse. Everything was like a mess. Um, So I'd already done that. And I felt like 
I had already had a good understanding of what was going on inside of me. I was a perfectionist. I was a people pleaser. I couldn't handle when people were upset with me or when somebody was upset in my life. So I was a fixer. Um, And those things were the things that I needed to work on. You know, I'd always had a really positive attitude. So I don't think, you know, thinking positive or, you know, looking on the bright side of things, I innately have that ability. And I think we all do in some sense, but I definitely tend toward it. But that wasn't enough. What changed my perspective was I did start reading about how emotional patterns and how stuck emotions in your body affect you. And for me, I was very aware that I bottled my emotions. Like I was a perfectionist in such a way that I didn't want anybody to see any imperfections. And it was also the person in my life that everybody ran to when something went wrong, which meant I was sort of the rock. Like I never cracked. I was always like the solid person. And I was very attached to that role in my life. And, you know, so I held on to everything and I pushed everything down. And eventually the body sort of erupts under that pressure, which is what I believe happens to many people and what I believe happened to me. I mean, of course, now, many years later, there's so much science and studies to show us that stress affects the nervous system. Stress. Mm -hmm. Stress, which is the same as emotional baggage, affects the immune system. Like when I was first discovering it, there wasn't a ton on it. Now it's so well known. Most Lyme patients have heard of the idea that they should address their emotions in some way. In my era of being treated for Lyme, myself and my friends, we never heard of it. That wasn't something anybody ever talked about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so... I know you have started like an online program. So can you talk about that and and how you, what you've learned and how you've like implemented to help other people? Sure. So the way that I essentially worked with my emotions was through energetic healing and releasing energetic and emotional blocks in the body. So stuck emotions, patterns. I basically went on to write books and teach people and through my online programs and classes about how they can release the emotional baggage. It's all self-application techniques. It's all tapping or reading scripts. Some of the techniques are ones that I learned on my own healing journey. And then some of them are ones I actually created to target that emotional energetic baggage that we carry, those emotions that we've been stuffing for years, the beliefs like I'm not good enough or I'll never heal that end up holding us back. And so I have a whole series of books, how to heal yourself when no one else can. And then in addition for anxiety, in addition for depression. And through Mm -hmm. that work and my online programs, I teach people how to do some of this for themselves. That's right. And they can also work with you one-on-one as well. Yeah. I actually no longer do any one-on-one sessions, but I have an amazing assistant practitioner that I actually send my own friends and you know family to that I trust so much. But really, you don't need to work with a practitioner to start. You can if you want to, and I have that available. But the important thing is that you learn some of this stuff for yourself because mm-hmm. one of the things that's stressful for the body is feeling out of control or without control. And that's what so many of us who have experienced chronic illness feel is that we're waiting for a doctor. We're waiting for them to call back when we don't feel good. We're waiting for something to help us feel better. And by learning the techniques yourself, you actually instigate your self-healing and relaxation response by sort of empowering yourself to have something to do and heal yourself with while you're waiting for all the other stuff to work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And can you talk to me about 
you know, cause you hear a lot about like emotional and spiritual, where does that intersect? Like what, what's like really the difference? I am always confused by that. So I figured I'd ask you yeah. since you're like a expert. <laughs> Thank you. So I think emotional is just the thing that we all experience, which is our emotions and how they drive us and how they dictate so much of our lives. And then spiritual, I think is more of a connection around purpose and meaning in what's happening. So the emotions are just the raw, I'm sad, I'm angry, I feel shitty, I feel frustrated, whatever it is. And the emotional side is how you make meaning of that emotional journey. I think we all, I mean, I may not go as far as to say everything happens for a reason. I think now in hindsight, I believe that for my own life. Not everybody believes that for theirs. It's Mm -hmm. also easier to believe in hindsight because now I see how everything worked out for me. But essentially... I think that it's important whether, you know, you believe everything happens for a reason or you're finding a reason in that moment to make whatever's happening feel a little better, or you're finding purpose in what's happening. It doesn't have to be a reason, but purpose in the cards that have been dealt for you. I feel like that's spirituality. It's a way of connecting to some reasoning that's beyond what makes sense to you. And for me, That was a huge piece of my survival because I don't think it's easy to survive when you're just dealing with the reality as it is. I think we need as human beings to try to make sense of what's happening and to have a narrative around the idea that we don't know all there is to know and maybe that's why it feels so bad. And so for me, I always thought, I don't know why this is happening, but I was able to trust that it was happening for some reason that I wasn't aware of. Mm-hmm. I wasn't totally bought into, oh, I'm sure this will work out. And I'm, you know, every piece is, you know, a piece of my journey, like that's hard to get to, but I was able to acknowledge that I might not be able to see the bigger picture. And that helped me, I think, let go just a tiny bit and surrender to like, now I've got to make it mine. Like, let's hope that this means something greater, but like today, what can I take from this so that I use this experience instead of it using me? Mm -hmm. I love this because you know why I think, you know, both of us going through, having gone through Lyme, people who are listening and have gone through it are in a very dark place, right? Because no one understands what they're going through. It's financially exhausting. It is exhausting on your mind, your body, spirit, because nobody believes you, right? And so you get to a dark place that I didn't think is possible. And a lot of people I've talked to are at a stage where they're angry. Yeah. They're giving up hope. They're depressed. They're, they're just like, why is this happening? And, and then they're almost like mad. And I'm like, you're not going to get better with that. Like you have to get to a place where you're, you think of this as a journey. Like it's trying to teach you something. It's trying to get you to a place where you're going to be better off once you get through it. And that's where I like what you're saying. Cause it is, it's, it's, it's supposed to be a journey. It's teaching you. There's a reason why you got sick. And so what is that in figuring that out? Yeah. And I also think like in hindsight, I realized I was always so mad at my body. I was like, why is my body so dysfunctional? Mm -hmm. Like, why do I hear of people who like had an autoimmune disease and then like they discovered vitamin B12 and now they're cured. Like, I was like, why am I not that person who like started juicing and then got better or whatever. And what I realized, like, you know, at first I was asking the why me question, like, why is this happening to me? And then I flipped it and I was like, why not me? Like, why Mm -hmm. not? Like, it's happening to so many people. Why not me? And for me, I used to always be so mad at my body for dysfunctioning. 
And then I realized that my body's quote unquote dysfunction was the communication system. It was trying to tell me something was wrong. It wasn't doing it out of like rebellion. It was doing it out of trying to get my freaking attention because I ignored everything else prior to that. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't deal with stuff I needed to deal with. I was in a toxic relationship that I refused to tell myself the truth about. Like what else was my body supposed to do to try to get me to realize that the way I was living my life wasn't working for me? Like what, like when they kind of realize that the body's symptoms are communication, which I talk about in all of my books. And I give a whole list about what the body could be saying to you via various symptoms, back pain and migraines and, you know, digestive issues. But what else was my body supposed to do after I had been ignoring so many things for so much of my life? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's so true. You also have a book that's about depression and not so for somebody who doesn't have an autoimmune, but it's either depressed or knows somebody who's depressed your system can also work for that as well. Yes. And it's a perfect book that just came out in February, right? You know, as we sort of hopefully start to come out of the pandemic and this crisis, because it's been a hard year Mm -hmm. plus, you know, and so many of us were having a hard time before that. So I really feel like the depressive, heavy energy comes before an illness experience. So I think it's beneficial for anybody to look at the energy of depression. So for me, depression happens on a spectrum. It's not just what we think of as can't get out of bed clinically depressed. It happens on a spectrum. And depression from an energetic standpoint is the suppression or the depression, the pushing down of your true self, which is essentially so tied into what chronic illness is about. But when we depress or push down our true selves, we become disconnected from our core and we don't have the vital life energy and the flow that is required for well-being and joy. And sometimes we suppress and depress our true selves because we're scared, because we're afraid other people won't like us, whatever it is. But sometimes it happens because we get buried by life because life is so big and overwhelming sometimes and we just can't catch up. And so sometimes it's all the stresses and stuff that just gets piled up on top of you that ends up sort of getting you into this depression energy or this depression state that then starts to cause these sort of disconnections in your body. And and I really believe that much of chronic illness, of course, there's no design. We are bitten by a tick or we contracted a virus or whatever it may be. But beyond that, the body has to be in such a state, in such a stress state for that to actually take hold. And sometimes we don't know what that stressful state is. We don't, we're not doing anything wrong. We're just holding on to stuff we didn't realize. And so I think it's all important to look at whatever sort of heavy energy might be holding us back because that does really tie into the physical body. That's great. Is there anything that you, we have not covered today that you think would be important to tell our listeners? I don't think so. I think we covered it all. I always trust whatever needs to come up, comes up. And I think you've asked me different questions than other podcast hosts. So I really appreciate that too. Oh, good. Yeah. So I, cause I really enjoyed your book and your course and, you know, I'm glad that Dr. De Silva had told me about you, you know, I don't know how many years ago it's been now, three or four years ago. So, and you're doing such amazing things and just especially like we just talked about like what's going on in the world right now. That's just, I don't think is being brought up and talked about enough. The mental piece of this whole COVID 
pandemic that we've been going through and just realizing that everyone's on some, as you said, spectrum of this like mental depression, stressed out, you know, like we're all out of reality. So anyone who's listening, you know, to go on and get your books and to get your course and to share this with people so that we can all get to a place that we're all feeling better about ourselves and and what's going on around us. Um, And I think the more we talk about it, the more we help each other. Because again, when I was first diagnosed with Lyme, no one was talking about it. And I was diagnosed with many other things before Lyme autoimmune conditions and neuropathies and stuff. Nobody was talking about it then. Now the community is getting it. But I think the more we all talk about our own stories, the more we normalize that physical illness, that there are things we can do for physical illness beyond the physical remedy or cure. And I think that's so important. That's great. Amy, thank you so much for everything. And good luck with your new book. And thank you for everything that you do for the community. Thank you. Same to you. Each week, I will bring you different voices from the wellness community so that they can share how they help their clients heal. You will come away with tips and strategies to help you get your life back. Thank you so much for coming on. And I'm so happy you are here. Subscribe now and tune in next week. If you want to learn how I detox and you want to check out my detox for Lyme checklist, go to Lyme360.com forward slash detox checklist. You can also join our community at Lyme360 Warriors on Facebook and let's heal together. Thank you.